What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Outside the Box with Ben. Um, I'm really excited about today because I got a good friend uh, who I haven't seen in a while, so I get to kind of catch up with an old friend. And also, we're going to talk a ton about vitamins today. I, of course, am with Jeff Thomas. Uh, Jeff, how's it going, man? Great, Ben. Thank you for asking. So, so tell me, uh, just for the for the listeners out there, tell tell everybody a little bit about yourself and why we're going to be talking about vitamins today. Okay. Well, actually, right now I am retired, uh, about to turn seventy-two. But um, for the majority part of my life, I have worked with supplements and um, decided to finally actually go to school and did a course back in those days called referred to as the nine course. That was the acronym national Institute for nutritional education. And I became a certified nutritionist and I actually had a practice at one time in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. but laws and things like that, they passed a bill called state bill 20 in Atlanta back in the nineties saying that I wasn't allowed to sit down and counsel people and charge a fee unless I wanted to go back to school and become a dietitian. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, I spent a lot of my time undoing things that dietitians had done. So at this point, I said, okay, how do I get around this? And I actually started working with health food stores and uh, basically said, okay, I won't charge a fee when I consult these people. Just buy your products through the health food store. Yep. And um, that worked out because then the health food store would, would pay me. And then eventually I started working for various companies that, uh, that I had faith in out there. And finally, uh, a company called Life Extension Foundation. And at the time they had a headhunter call me and he said, I've got somebody that's interested in you and uh, I can't tell you their name, but he told me all the details about the company. And he said, do you have any idea who I'm talking about? And I said, yes, Life Extension. And he said, how did you know that? And I said, well, that's what I do. And I said, but I'm rather shocked because they're not a wholesale retail type company. And he said, well, they're going into that area. This is brand new for them. And so at that time, I think I was one of only five regional sales managers that they brought on at that time. And so I covered Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, North Carolina, and South Carolina, and basically started selling the life extension brand supplements to health food stores, doctors such as your father, uh, compounding pharmacies and things like that in five states. And I used to do a lot of lectures and things. In fact, I, I did many lectures down in Chattanooga with Ed Jones yep. at Nutrition World. And I would have as literally anywhere from 60 to 90 people you know, at these lectures and sometimes even doctors that would sit in on the lectures and come up to me afterwards and say, I had no idea, you know? And the nice thing about life extension was versus other companies, not only were they nonprofit and people would say, how can that be? But they would donate their profits to research. And based on that, and and in lieu of that, basically they were one of the few companies that when I spoke with a doctor, such as your dad, or anybody, of course, they were a little taken back about supplements and things like that. And I would say, well, here's the medical science, look up the medical, here's the, you know, the reviews and look those up. And they wow. So when I presented a product or said something about a product, I could back it up with medical references. 
And that was something that um, I think really opened the door and made it easier for doctors such as your dad and people like that to say, well, there is, you know, really something to this. And I know you've heard of things like melatonin. Oh, yeah. Whereas everybody, well, Life Extension introduced melatonin to the United States in 1992. I did not know that. Yeah, they were the first company. And things like CoQ10, which, again, is, I think, one of the pillars of the foundation of supplements. They introduced that to the United States in 1983. And then that was the original form, which was referred to as ubiquinone, which was spelled O-N-E at the end. And ubiquinol is the form now that everybody takes. They introduced that form in 2006 to the United States. So they've been a very cutting edge company um, right there on, on the, like I say, frontiering and bringing things to the United States that other countries and people didn't. And of course, there are a lot of great supplement companies out there, but they didn't do the research and the involvement that Life Extension did. And oftentimes they would bring the product to the United States and then everybody else kind of jumped on the bandwagon. Well, so you, you bring up a few really interesting things to me. Um, one, it seems like you're somebody who uh, was in this before maybe it was uh, recognized as, you know, a real avenue towards getting healthy. Um, I think there was a certain type of person who would take supplements back in the 80s. Uh, and, you know, nowadays it's way more common to see a physician, start prescribing vitamins and supplements such as Dr. Rogers. Um, you know, kind of explain when did you see that shift and, and what was it like, especially being, you know, a certified nutritionist and, you know, not being able to, you know, you know, advise people on certain things. Um, that just feels like a, a time period that's uh, really interesting. Can you kind of talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, I think basically the 90s is when we started to see some changes like that. Um, there were, you know, people were getting more and more into it. But even now, in this day and time, um, there's a group in North Carolina where I live now called the North Carolina Integrative Medical Society. Mm -hmm. Okay. And your your dad, Dr. Rogers, knows some of these doctors that are in this society now. As big as North Carolina is, there are only about 100 physicians that are in this society. Mm -hmm. When you look at all of the whole state and the entirety of it. So there's still a lot of doors to be opened and a lot of roads to be covered because it is... Unfortunately, doctors don't study nutrition. I, one of the first physicians I ever worked with back in 96, uh, she was a board certified MD. And she said, Jeff, I went to, you know, out of seven years of medical school and doing my residencies and internships, I had seven hours of nutrition. That was it. She said, doctors are trained in drug therapy. Yep. Here's the disease. Here's the drug that treats it. And unless we go back to school like you did and learn these things, we don't know them. And so this is an, this is an area that we have to have that inner desire to seek out other alternatives or other ways to heal people. 
Yeah, it, it's just it's super interesting, and I, I'm glad you mentioned that society because um, uh, I feel like, especially now when taking care of your immune system is becoming such a uh, at the forefront of what people are talking about. Um, I'm hopeful that more and more physicians will will start to do the research and um, and get educated on nutrition. Um, you you mentioned Life Extension. It started out as a Life Extension Foundation. And then it went into to wholesale. What was what was that transition for? What was what was it when it was Life Extension Foundation? Well, they were actually what we would refer to as a membership company. And some people will meet it when they hear that they think of uh, multi-level. Mm. And that was not the case. You you would pay seventy five dollars a year to be a member of Life Extension, and they had this wonderful magazine, um, yep. which was actually sold at newsstands. And it would have these articles on different things and different types of ailments. And at the end of the article, they would, you know, they would basically discuss alternative things along with allopathic type practices to treat it. And at the end of the article, each article, they actually had all the medical references listed. So somebody could read this and look at it and say, well, you know, that's BS. But then at the end, they could go and look up the medical reference to what they used and say, oh, and this often happened when I work with doctors. Uh, even when I used to, the North Carolina Medical Society, that sh they used to have a show once a year. And I would work that show by myself. And I'd have a little booth and you know, set up and things. And I would bring magazines and different various new new products. And when I would talk about something, Sometimes I would often hear, oh, that can't be. And I would say, here, here's the article on this particular thing. And here are medical references. Go back and read this tonight in the hotel and then come back and talk with me tomorrow. And they would come back by the booth and go, oh, my God. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, I so had no idea. Was Life Extension, it seems like a big part of what they were doing was, you know, probably funding the research. So funding the research and getting getting these articles that you could reference um, medically based. Is that kind of uh, what I'm hearing? Yeah. And when you look at a, say a company like, you know, that manufactured CoQ10, which is, you know, really the, the main company in the entire world is a company called Kanika uh, out of Japan. And they manufactured CoQ10. And like I said, when it was introduced back in the 1983, and this was the ubiquinone form, which was not as not near as absorbable as the current form ubiquinol. There, I can remember back in those days that a bottle of 30 capsules of ubiquinone would be a hundred dollars. Wow. Yes, very expensive. <laughs> and of course, they were doing research and things on this, but they didn't have necessarily a lot of money. So Life Extension would find a company and a product like this that showed promise, and they would in turn pour dollars into research to help the company further research the product, improve its viability. Mm -hmm. And as a result, when Life Extension would decide to bring this to the United States, oftentimes they would give an exclusivity for a couple of years. Okay, so like, only okay. The, only they could put out that product. Yeah, we won't sell this product to any other company except you for two years. Got it. Because you help fund all this research, which we couldn't do by ourselves. Got it. 
Okay. Got it. So that was oftentimes what life extension would do. And then because they had a large base of members through this membership, um, they had a, a great following. And in addition to the, not just the membership in the magazine, this was very unique for a company. They had something called a health advisor and you could call a toll free number 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And you could talk to a trained specialist, someone like myself, actually, that was a quote unquote health advisor for life extension. And they would talk with you about various illnesses or things going on in your life. Now, could they prescribe? No, they couldn't, but they could make recommendations. They could guide you to articles and research and things like that. But this was very, very unique. This, no other company did anything like this. In fact, when I actually came on with the company and interviewed with the CEO and vice presidents and things like this, the person that was over the health advisor department was one of the people that interviewed me. And later she came back and said, would you consider being a health advisor for us? <laughs> and I said, no, thank you. Uh, flattered. <laughs> but, you know, I couldn't live in a cubicle you know, inside a building all day. I said, I like being outside to me that the whole key to this is the relationships that I build throughout the five States that I cover. Yeah. It's so fascinating. I just love hearing the history of a, of a company like life extension as well, just the history of vitamins and supplements. And, and one of the main reasons I wanted to get you on the podcast is, you know, throughout the years of, of, you know, you working with us at performance medicine, I've never heard somebody talk about vitamins the way that you did. And we're in the middle of this series where we're trying to educate people on not only like the vitamins and supplements that can keep your immune system strong, but also how to take them, you know, what, how to introduce vitamins into your regimen, et cetera. And before we started uh, recording, you mentioned that you had kind of a, a, a good way to start. So, so for the people here who haven't started taking vitamins or want to start taking them more seriously, you know, what are some of your core supplements to get people on? And then how do you add to that? Okay. That's a great question. And I remember the first time I met with Dr. Rogers, your dad, that he was like 95% of the other physicians that I met with. The first question that they would ask me is what should I be telling my patients? To take? Yes. Yes. And I would refer, you know, having worked in the industry for so long and in different health food stores and people would, I could, I could say, well, there's, here's 30 things you, you could take, but that would overwhelm people and they would actually only take them for a short time and then they'd stop and then they wouldn't get any results. So nothing would happen. So in my viewpoint, nutrition is much like building a house. When you build a house, you don't go in and build the bathroom first or build the kitchen first. You build the foundation. Yep. And I think that nutrition, my approach to nutrition is the same way. I think you need to build the foundation first. And the foundation is basically a core of what I consider six supplements. Um, I think everyone needs to take a multivitamin. Okay. And that reason being said is because our food is nutrient deficient. Okay. It's not like it was back in the 1900s. I actually did a study at Weber State University and found that a cup of spinach in the year 1900 
yielded about, oh God, almost 200 milligrams of iron. Today it was less than seven. Can you, can you explain that just a little bit more in terms of like, are you talking nutrient density? I am. I'm talking about, you know, when you look at food, food gets their nutrients from the soil. Correct? Correct. All right. And I don't know, when I was learning to farm, my uncle would say, Jeff, you grew that fruit or vegetable there last year. You can't grow that there this year. And I'd say, what do you mean? It did so well. I want to continue. That's correct. He says, but that that soil, that one square foot of soil that say that tomato plant was in, it is going to pull certain nutrients from the soil. And that soil needs time to replenish those nutrients through the breakdown of rocks and minerals and leaves and other things that go in that originally put those nutrients into the soil. And if you continue to grow the same thing over and over and over, such as they do in the Midwest with corn and wheat, you eventually strip all those key nutrients out of that soil. And now the soil is no nutrients. Got it. And in turn, what do they do to make up for that is they throw nitrates on the vegetables and fruits, which is basically fertilizer to make it grow. And it may look like a tomato and it may taste not near as good as a regular tomato, but in all essence, it's very nutrient deficient. And even organic, uh, people would say, well, you know, I organic. And I said, well, organic, if you look at that, what is organic? It just means that it has been grown without the use of pesticides and herbicides. It can't go in there and replace those nutrients in the soil that have been depleted through growing that same crop over and over and over and over again. And unfortunately, we don't rotate crops in this country. So therefore, our food, even if you're trying to eat healthy, people say, oh, well, I get my nutrients out of my food. I eat very healthy. That's great. And I'm glad that they do that. But they're still not getting the quality and the the quantity of nutrients they would need to maintain good health. That makes total sense. And that's why, you know, Dr. Rogers has said um, supplements are at the base of his food pyramid. So they're at the very, so that's before like, you know, it's, he almost is, is flipped the, the traditional food pyramid on its back. Um, if that makes sense or upside down, not as bad. It, it, yeah. And it has to be because it hasn't been adjusted in many, many, many years. And, and getting back to, you know, the original question, I mean, we, we got a little sidetracked there, but multivitamin is one of the key nutrients in my foundation. Okay. Uh, and the reason being is what we just talked about is the fact that foods are nutrient deficient and therefore you need to supplement your diet with quality nutrients that you can't get through food. Um, the other key thing that everybody, in my opinion, should be taking is vitamin D3. Mm -hmm. uh, I think before it's over with, D3 will be listed as a hormone. Yep. It, it is that key in health and everything that goes on. Uh, and I'm not talking about the synthetic form of D3. I'm talking about the natural form of D3, colocalciferol. And it is, when you talk about immune system, it is key, especially with things like COVID going on. I've, I've recommended that people take as much as 50,000 IUs of D3 and seeing colds and things like that, just whatever, just gone. Yep. 
Uh, I myself take 5,000 IUs a day. That's 35,000 IUs per week. I haven't had a cold or flu in over 20 years. <laughs> okay. And I used to work with gynecologists and they would work with women who, because of their lifestyles and having cycles through their life, they lose key certain vitamins and nutrients. And I've seen many of gynecologists do blood tests and turn around and say, I'm going to put this patient on 50,000 IUs of D3. And I go, why would you do that? Because what you're giving them is basically a synthetic form of D3. And yes, it's going to elevate their levels of D3, but it's only going to be temporary. You're going to give them the spike and come back and test and go, okay, yeah, their levels are now up. But how they maintain and keep that level there? I said, why wouldn't you consider giving them five to 10,000 IVs per day of a natural form of D3 and have that level go up naturally instead of spiking? And again, even here, I can remember when D3 levels were, they thought, oh, 35 to 40 nanograms is the level. Well, now it should be between 50 and 80 to maintain health. But I have literally seen studies because I, I do a lot of reading uh, because of life extension. I do a lot of research and I look for things. And I've actually seen studies where I have seen where they've used as much as 150,000 IUs of D3 and it kills cancer cells. I believe it. Um, real quick, Jeff. <laughs> no, I really do. And, and real quick, you mentioned natural form versus synthetic. Um, how do we know that we're getting the natural form of D3? Well, you want to you want to make sure it doesn't say D2 first off. D2 okay. is a synthetic form. D3 okay. is is going to be 99% of the time is going to be the natural form and it's it's called or referred to colocalciferol. Okay. And that is the natural form and it basically can come from lanolin from sheep's wool. There are some forms that can come from, you know, C uh, marine type, but that's generally what you want to do. And again, here, part of back to the foundation, I say people should be taking anywhere from two to 15,000 IUs per day, depending on what's going on in their lifestyle. Uh, and depending on my, levels. Yeah. And, and again, I have my levels tested six months to a year. Uh, my last level, I was at 52 or three, and again, I'm 70, almost 72 years old, and I take 5,000 IUs per day. If I feel like I've got something coming on, like something's trying to get me, I will bump that up to 15, 20,000 IUs for two or three days, and usually it goes right away. All right. So, well, what's the what's the third in your in your core six? Okay, my 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 core six third would be omega three. Yep. Um, and again, this is something that. It, we probably aren't getting through diet. Uh, nothing against vegetarianism or veganism and that kind of thing. But a lot of people say, well, I get my omega-3 through this because it's, it's high in this. And I actually had a, an employee once in a store said, well, these are grass-fed and they have a higher amount of omega-3 in it. And I said, yes, but the form of omega-3 that they contain is called ALA alpha linoleic acid and the form that your body really needs to utilize is called EPA, acasapentaenoic acid. And not everyone that eats the form 
or consumes the form of ALA is able to convert that ALA into EPA. And before the body can actually utilize it, it needs to be in the form of EPA. So, so the, I'm, I'm assuming you're referring to like saying getting your, your omega-3s for fish. Um, and Correct. you're saying that form is EPA or sorry, ALA. And no, no, it is EPA. Okay. okay. When they look at it, vegetarian sources, oftentimes got it. Okay. That is the form ALA. Okay. And unfortunately you get some vegetarians and stuff. So, well, I can't, I won't do fish because I'm vegetarian. Um, that's great. At least they're trying to get some form of omega-3 in there, but it's very hard for their body to convert that into the form that is needed. And when we look at omega-3, you know, for years, this is one thing that's killed me because people say they throw omega-3 around like it's nothing, but it's really not the omega-3. It's what makes up the omega-3s. And the two key components that make omega-3 are what we just talked about, EPA, acosapentaenoic acid, and DHA, decosahexaenoic acid. And EPA is very good for the heart, and DHA is very good for the brain. So those combinations are what we're looking for when we take any quote-unquote omega-3. The problem is, is that, you know, I often used to ask people, how much omega-3 do you take? Oh, one of those big soft gels or a thousand milligrams, one gram. Well, you need to turn the bottle around and you need to look. And I don't care what company it is, but you need to look at it and say, in that one soft gel or a thousand milligrams, how much EPA, DHA am I getting? Okay. And it's different with every company. So on the back of the bottle of an omega-3 supplement, you'll see the amount of EPA and the amount of DHEA separated out? Yes, it'll be broken down. If okay. it doesn't, you, you don't need to even be looking at that particular brand. <laughs> is, there, is there a certain number that people should be looking for? I can tell you that of all the research that I have seen over the years, and this is 30 plus years of looking at omega-3s, you need to be taking around 700 milligrams of DHA per day and somewhere around 1,400 milligrams of EPA per day. Okay. Now, I don't care what brand you take, but when you turn that bottle around and you look at the breakdown, you need to say, well, how many of these do I have to take to get to that? Now, you can take half of that, but I'm saying ultimate top-level nutrition, what I just gave you are the numbers. Uh, I've actually had people go higher if they had things like higher triglycerides. I would say double that protocol, and within six weeks, they would call me and say, wow, my triglycerides have gone down. So but, is there anything else when choosing an omega-3, are you what you're looking at is, like you said, you're looking at what makes up the omega-3, and those two, the EPA and DHA, are the two numbers you're looking for. Those are the key things that you're looking for. You want to okay. make sure it's cold water fish, that it's processed, not using heat and things like that. Also, there, there are companies out there now, third-party companies around the world that can certify the omega-3s that companies are using for the quality and the purity and things like that. So you want to look for those type of things too. I can tell you Life Extension was one of the first companies that did this and went out and found a third-party company and took their products and said, here, test this and tell me what's in it. Interesting. And they would come back and go, 
oh, this is what we found. And again, this is something, again, that differentiates life extension over the years. They can show that there's, when this happens by a company, that report is referred to as an assay of the product. Okay. Assay. They assayed it and said, here it is. Here's a product. Here's what we found. Life Extension can produce an assay for every product they sell, which means they have taken this product to a third party company, not an internal test, but somebody outside the company and said, here, test this and tell me what you find. And if it doesn't meet their standards or qualities, then they will change raw materials or whatever they need to do to get it up to where it is. So, And, and it'll say that on, on a bottle that it's been assayed? Uh, it does not, but you can call them and ask for one. I, I challenge people to call a company and request a, or it's actually also referred to as a certificate of analysis. Okay. Okay. Or, or either an assay and request one of those for a product that you're taking from that company. And if they can't produce that, you, your first question should be why, what are you afraid of? <laughs> what are you hiding? <laughs> Okay. And, and getting back to the, the fish oil and the EPA and DHA, I can tell you that the levels that I like to recommend to people, I have checked pretty much every major brand out there. I sold them in stores when I worked in health food stores before I started traveling and doing things. And most, I would say the majority of these companies to get to the levels I was talking about, what you would have to take six to nine of those soft gels per day. Whoa. And they're big. And they're big. Yeah. And I can tell you that you can take four of those soft gels from the life extension brand of Omega three and get what I just referred to. Is there a life extension Omega three you like um, in particular? I just like their particular Super Omega-3. Okay. Uh, now, they make one with krill added to it, astaxanthin, and all these other things. But, you know, if I'm going to take those type of things, I usually will take them separately. Okay. And and add them into my regimen. Because, again, I'm talk we're talking about a foundation here. We, we, wanna, we don't want to jump while we're building the middle of the foundation and jump up and start building the bathroom. That's right. That's right. Okay. So... You know, basically what we've covered this thus far is three of the six core ingredients. We've talked about a multivitamin. We've talked about D3. We've talked about omega-3. Okay. The other thing that everybody in, I don't care who they are in this in this world, we all have inflammation of some sort in our body. Yep. Uh, some more than others. Yep. And I, I think one of the best things to fight inflammation is curcumin. Curcumin is a flavonoid that comes from turmeric. Are they the same thing? Because I, I hear, I know. Not really, because okay. it, it's a, it, when I say flavonoid, turmeric is the plant. And there are all these different flavonoids and things that make up turmeric. Okay. So curcumin is one of those things pulled out. It's, it's a flavonoid or something that's been isolated in turmeric that they found works very well for inflammation. Uh, the problem is, is that it's very hard to absorb and it doesn't stay in the bloodstream very long. So uh, cur again, curcumin is not. Yeah. Okay. And okay. Even though it's so great. And unless you're Indian and you eat these type of spicy foods daily uh, throughout your life, you're generally not going to get the levels that you need. 
And here's the deal. The, the curcuminoids that we're talking about that, that work on inflammation, um, inflammation is a pathway like a river. And everybody knows Advil and knows ibuprofen. And these are considered COX-1, COX-2 inhibitors. Well, that COX-1 and COX-2 are some of those inflammatory pathways that we're talking about. Well, further up the river, there are all these other triggers and curcumin works further up the river, inhibiting some of these other pathways so that you don't need to be taking COX-1 and COX-2 inhibitors, which are not good for your stomach or kidneys and things like that. So when you say <clears throat> a pathway, so you, I'm envisioning a, a river, where's the river going to? Is it going to like your heart or? It goes through the whole body. Okay. So it, it, it goes through the, everywhere. Yeah. I mean, you think about your blood and your bloodstreams, you know, your blood goes through every organ, every major organ goes through all the carries cells. Well, that's also inflammation and that goes to all the joints and all everywhere, inflammation of the heart, of the kidneys, liver, everything. So, uh, okay. So, so what something like curcumin does that say a COX-1 and COX-2 doesn't is it stops it further down the river. So if you stop that, then the COX-1 and COX-2 are not necessarily. No, if you can inhibit that trigger further up the, the river, therefore you're not going to get that result down river where you say, oh, oh I have a headache. I need to take Got ibuprofen. Got I need it. this. Or, oh, my neck is a little sore here or something like that. Um, that kind of thing. Or, you, oh, it's swollen around a joint. Uh, because swelling and inflammation is nothing but our body telling us that we have something going on there that's doing that. And the thing about curcumin, it's like any other supplement out there. If you look, you, you can see a whole wall of different types of curcumins and turmerics in a store. Uh, and it's overwhelming. And like, yep. which one do I need to do? Uh, this one says this, and this one says that. And I can tell you that I've looked at research and studies. And as I said, it's a very good inf uh, nutrient, but it's very hard for the body to absorb it. And then once the body absorbs it, keeping it in the bloodstream so that it can inhibit more of those triggers is very hard. And the one particular curcumin over the years that I've looked and found to trust is a trademark brand called B as in Bravo, C as in Charlie, M as in Mary, dash 95, BCM 95. And that's a type of curcumin? That is a, uh, a basically brand. a trademark brand okay. of curcumin. Okay. Okay. Like Kellogg's, you know. Uh, so it's a trademark brand of curcumin and there are only a handful of companies that are using this in their curcumin products. Life Extension introduced again, this BCM 95 form to the United States. And I can tell you, here's the difference in it. When I looked at the studies, it took tw almost 2,800 2,000, well, to be exact, 2,780 milligrams of any other company's 95% standardized curcumin 
Now, and again, I use the term standardized because what that means is, is they've taken an active constituent out of turmeric like curcumin and they have standardized it so that every capsule you take of this product is guaranteed to contain at least 95% standard curcumin. Whereas if you just go a, buy a curcumin or turmeric off the shelf, it's not standardized, quote unquote. Well, one capsule you take may have that 95% standardized curcumin and the next one may not have any. Right. Even though it might be guaranteed it's it's 100% turmeric or curcumin, but it's not going to be giving you the things that you need. So when I look, go back and look, this was tested against every company's standardized 95% curcumin, and it took 2,780 milligrams of their product to do what one 400 milligram of BCM95 would do. Wow. Yes. <laughs> and you can say, well, this is more expensive and it's cheaper. And I guarantee you in the long run, BCM95 is less expensive because you don't need to take near as much to do that. The other thing that I was impressed is, as I told you, it doesn't stay in the bloodstream very long. BCM95 stayed in the bloodstream 10 times longer than the other products. Real, real quick, yeah. can we, because I, I don't want to sidetrack side too much, but I do want to dig a little deeper into absorption rates and the amount of time it needs to stay in the bloodstream. Is Do you have like a, like a short, um, quick uh, tip on, on how to make sure you're getting the most absorption? Um, I, I know you and I in the past have talked about absor absorption rates, and that's just such an important thing when people are choosing vitamins. Yeah, unfortunately, it, it's going to depend on the company and you know what you're taking and again the quality just like i was referring to curcumin if you're taking the bcm 95 you're already going to get seven to eight times better absorption out of that product than you are any other companies yep okay now again here we get down to everybody's different so my digestive system is different than your digestive system and unfortunately because of that the only way to really tell if you're getting true absorption is to do blood work. Yep. Okay. You know, I can't look at you and put my hand on your head and say, Oh, Ben, you have this much, you know, as good as I am, I'm not that good. <laughs> okay. But blood work is the one thing that you can't argue with and do it. So get tests, get, you know, a D a vitamin D three test is like $30 at LabCorp. Yeah. or something like that. So it's not expensive. And I know that your, your father, Dr. Rogers, is big into blood testing. And the reason being because you want to see where these levels are at so that you can start making suggestions to increase those levels or decrease depending on what they are. Um, you know, we're talking hormones. You know, you don't want estradiol high, but you want you to get the testosterone up. Right. And I've come across many doctors over the years that only test for testosterone and not for the estrogens and being three different types of estrogens. And they go, well, why would I do that? This is a male. And it, because males, just like women, have estrogens in their body. And the bad one is the estradiol. So, again, get a little sidetracked here. But yep. um, um, that, that would be one of the things. And unfortunately, to answer your question, the best thing to do is start out with a good quality nutrient and yep. company that you know is using quality products that can back them up. 
Okay. And then you're going to get better absorption. <clears throat> Um, so let, let's go to, so that's curcumin. That's number four there. Um, that's for inflammation, um, mm -hmm. kind of acts as an anti-inflammatory. Um, what would be uh, the fifth one? The fifth one, I think, is ubiquinol, CoQ10. Okay. Uh, everybody, our bodies actually make CoQ10 through the liver, but as we get older and things, we lose the ability to metabolize and convert certain things because through digestive systems. But ubiquinol is, I refer to it as the heart health warrior. It literally, I've seen studies that show that it increased the ejection fraction of the heart muscle. Jeez. Okay. That's crazy. So that is, you know, dumbing that, dummying that down, that is the ability for the heart to be able to contract and expand and pump blood through our body. <clears throat> and CoQ10 is the number one thing that I recommend for people if they want to keep their heart healthy and if they want to get their heart back to being healthy, even if they've had heart attacks and things like that. That's the first thing that I think they should be taking. Um, again, there are different brands and qualities. And, oh, Costco's got, like, I can get CoQ10 for this much. And I can get CoQ10 for that. Well, we're back to, are you getting what you need? Right. Um, right. And again, Life Extension introduced ubiquinone, the original form of CoQ10, in 1983 to the United States. There is a metabolized version of ubiquinone called ubiquinol, spelled N-O-L. And that <clears throat> was introduced in 2006. The absorption rate on ubiquinol versus ubiquinone is seven to eight times difference. That's okay. just nuts to me. Yeah, it is. And and again, the one company in the world that makes this for everybody, I don't care whether it's Life Extension or a great company called Jaro or Blue Bonnet or all these different companies, if you look at their CoQ10, you'll turn the bottle around and you'll see on their trademark brand Kanika. K-A-N-E-K-A. -E they make it for everybody in the world. And that's what you, you want, Kanika. You want Kanika. You want that brand. But here's the thing. People would say, why should I buy Life Extensions, Ubiquinol versus Blue Bonnet or Jaro or these other brands? They're all Kanika. They all come from the same place. Yes, that's true. But again, remember Life Extension actually helped pay for a lot of research that Kanika did in the early days. And because of that, like I said, they got exclusivities when they introduced that. Uh, for instance, when Ubiquinol first 2006 was introduced to the United States, you could only get it from Life Extension. Mm. And then all of a sudden, Jaro popped up and was selling Ubiquinol. Well, Kanika actually reneged on their policy and started selling it to Jaro earlier than what they had agreed upon. Interesting. Okay, well, it wasn't like Life Extension could get angry and go across the street and get it somewhere else. Right. They're the only ones in the world that make it. Kanika had a monopoly. <clears throat> of course. And so eventually Kanika came back and said, we found this ingredient from the Himalayas called Shilaji. Uh, that's spelled S-H-I-J-I-L-A-T. And it is a... I guess this 
easiest way to say it, and it's not totally accurate, but it's a vulvic acid. And they found that it increased the absorption of the ubiquinol. Okay. Okay. Well, Life Extension is the only company in the world that Kanika will sell that combination. Interesting. Okay. So, yeah, I've got Blue Bonnet Ubiquinol. I've got Jaro Ubiquinol. I've got Life Extension Ubiquinol. I've got Sundown Ubiquinol. They all say Kanika. But you're going to have to take more, two, twice of what their product has than what Life Extension has. Yep. And here's the reason why. When I looked at research, I wish I could have a chart for you. Um, the original Ubiquinol, 100 milligrams, 50% of that made it to the bloodstream. So out of 100 milligrams, only 50 milligrams actually made it into your bloodstream. Out of the 50 milligrams in the bloodstream, 50% of that actually made it to the cells and the tissues and the heart and the organs. 25 milligrams out of 100. And that's the case for all supplements, right? Like That's the case for most of them, yeah. So, And again, this is based on people that maybe have great absorption, ideal absorption, uh, ideal digestion, and things like that. But but in the studies, this was, you know, randomized. They said, hmm, we started with 100 milligrams. The end case, we ended up with 25 milligrams. Got that it. actually is working. Well, when they took ubiquinol and did the same thing, they took 100 milligrams, and 90% of that made it to the bloodstream. So 90 milligrams out of 100, okay? Out of 90 milligrams in the bloodstream, 50% of that made it to the cells and tissues and organs. Okay. 45 milligrams. Okay. Testing your math today. <laughs> uh, so here we have ubiquinone where we ended up with 25 milligrams out of 100. Ubiquinol, we ended up with 45 milligrams out of 100, almost double. That's crazy. Okay. Now, ubiquinol with shilajit. 100 milligrams, 90% made it to the bloodstream, 90 milligrams. Out of the 90 milligrams in the bloodstream, 90% made it to the cells and the tissues and the organs. Now we're talking 83 milligrams versus 45 milligrams. Double. So well, close double. To and close and to again, double. you can say, well, this is, this is cheaper than that one, than life extension. I can say... Well, not really, because you're going to have to take two of those to get what you get out of one of these. <laughs> and again, this goes back to again, the average person's not going to have that knowledge. And so therefore, it's up to the doctor, the compounding pharmacist or the health food store employee to educate the people. They're, they're the gatekeepers yep. because when they walk in the store and they look and they see four rows of CoQ10, how do they know? Yes. It's overwhelming. Yes. So that's what you're looking for. So well, that would it, be my fifth. If, and, and that's, I'm glad you said that, Jeff, because that's really the, one of the main reasons that I wanted to have this conversation is to help people, you know, make that decision when they're in the health food store, whether they're in a pharmacy or a health food store, the ones we love and, or the, or an integrated medical practice, you know, it's important to be able to decipher you know, because there's so many different choices out there and there's so many different vitamins, which kind of goes back to the whole six supplements that you uh, are starting out with as your fundamental uh, right. foundation. And, and again, you have to be 
able to ask questions yep. and, and not afraid to ask questions. I, when I was on the other side of the industry working in a health food store, I actually had a rep for a company told me one day, he said, I hate to call on you. <laughs> and I said, what? Because you asked questions. Said, I said, yeah. I said, wait a minute. I'm selling your products and you sell them to me and you make money by selling them to me. You hate to call on me? I said, why? He said, you intimidate me. Yep. And I said, what do you mean? He said, you ask me questions. And I said, well, I would think that you being a representative of the company should know these things that I'm asking about. <clears throat> and he was more into the discounts and this and that and the sales as opposed to knowledge about his product. Yep. And, and, so, and that's so common. And therefore, but the, I was shocked when he said, you intimidate me. Yep. And that's another reason I chose to go to the other side of the industry because I used to walk in and even someone like your father would say, what are you selling today? Yep. And I go, I'm not selling anything. I'm here to educate you. <laughs> I'm an educator. And if what I say makes sense, you may purchase something from me, but if it doesn't, it's okay. I don't take it personal. Yeah. So I I'm only here that. to educate you. I love that. And you're doing that today on this podcast, man. And, uh, guys, I, I, for the people listening, I, I hope you have your notepads out uh, and, and taking down some notes. I know I am over here. Uh, what's number we six? We can always do this again. And we will. And we will. I'm going to get to that. <laughs> Okay. And, and I'd say the last thing in my foundation is a good probiotic. Okay. Okay. And probiotic, as you know, is pro-life. Antibiotic is anti-life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you take an antibiotic and it doesn't know the difference between good bacteria and bad bacteria, and it kills all the bacteria. And therefore, if you've ever had an antibiotic in your life, you need to go back and reestablish the good bacteria in your system because it's responsible for digestion and absorption as we've been talking about of your nutrients. And if you wipe that out, therefore you're more susceptible to all different kinds of ailments. Uh, I mean, I can remember for years talking about something called candida, yep. which is a yeast infection. I was talking about this back in the early 90s, and people thought I was crazy. Doctors thought I was crazy. There's no such thing. But what happens is, is when you take an antibiotic and you wipe out that good bacteria, you leave an opening for that yeast bacteria to thrive in your body. And I used to use the analogy of, okay, your digestive system the yeast is driving down through your digestive system, and it's like driving through a neighborhood that has empty lots, houses that have been destroyed or whatever, and there's no one living there. And the yeast says, oh, I can move in there and take up residence. So that's what happens. And then once it takes up residence, it's very hard to kill it and get it out of your body. But you, that's what you have to do. And then you can reestablish that good bacteria so that it can take care of helping you absorb and fight off other bacteria and digest your food. And unfortunately, there's certain good bacteria that live in the small intestine, and there are certain ones that live in the large intestine. So when you're talking about a probiotic, again, you want to make sure it's a combination of these forms 
And one is acidophilus, which is the major form that small intestine, and the other is bifidus, B-I-F-I-D-U-S, that lives in the large intestine. Now, there are many, many branches of bifidus and acidophilus that branch off, but you want to make sure that they contain these two forms in order for it to reestablish good bacteria in your system. Here's the problem I find with probiotics. And again, besides being a certified nutritionist, I'm also certified in probiotics. Interesting. Uh, uh, yeah, I've been certified in probiotics since mid-90s. Interesting. I did not know that. <laughs> a lot of people don't, and it's not something. But the key to probiotics is not how many billions or millions of cells that it contains in a product. The key is the delivery system. Mm. You can have 50 billion cells of these bacteria that we're referring to. And if they don't make it to the large and small intestine, what good is it doing you? It is a live bacteria. Something as simple as the manufacturing process creates heat, kills some of the bacteria. The other major offender, which don't, people don't realize, is your stomach acid. You have to take it and it has to get through the stomach. And you need stomach acid. You do need stomach acid. So we're not trying to get rid of that, but I'm just saying you need to figure out a way to get that bacteria through the stomach, which is part of the digestive process, so that it can make it into the small and the large intestine and proliferate and spread and grow and take up residence as we talked about. Yeah. Unfortunately, the stomach acid will kill many, many millions and billions of cells of this bacteria if it's not provided for. So we go back to what I said, the delivery system. There are only a handful of companies out there that actually have these patented delivery systems that will ensure that that live bacteria will make it through the stomach and then make it into the small and large intestine where it can take up residence and grow and help spread. And those things, um, trying to think of the right word, are very, very key. And unfortunately, when you go into any kind of store, you're going to see, again, shelves and walls of probiotics. And you see jumping out at you these large number of live sales, mm -hmm. millions and billions and everything. Well, none of that means squat in my opinion, because again, as I said, it's got to be able to get to where it needs to go. So you, you don't do need to look things. at that, that billion number because that's what people no. see on the bottle. No. And again, there are only a handful of companies that have these various delivery systems, which are usually patented because they've spent a lot of money in research, figuring out how to get these cells, these live organisms to where it needs to go. Yep. Um, and that, um, in addition to that, because of they know that they can get these live organisms to the directed small and large intestines, they generally will put an expiration date, guaranteeing the potency of that bacteria. So you pick up this bottle and it says 8 billion cells, and it has an expiration date of April of 2022, 
you are guaranteed that you're going to get that many cells of bacteria into your system. In addition to that, you're guaranteeing that it's going to make it into the small and large intestine where it needs to be. The other products that we're talking about that say 50 billion cells, and if you look and look very hard and close on these labels, at somewhere in some point you'll find at the time of manufacture. <laughs> Okay. Yes, it had this much at the time of manufacture because the manufacturing process creates heat and kills bacteria. We don't know how many cells are in there now. So what, 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 so what people need to look for is the expiration date. A particular form or brand of probiotics that will guarantee the potency they all will have expiration dates because they're live bacteria. But this one will, you know, these brands that I'm talking about will guarantee that potency through a certain date. And one that comes to mind that I used to use and recommend to people all the time, especially if they've had some kind of illness in their life where they've had to have an antibiotic, where they've wiped out all the good bacteria. Now it's very important they reestablish that and do it as quickly as possible so other things like candida and things like that can't come in and cause other problems. Right, right. Uh, a company that I, I think comes to mind is called Theralac, yep. T-H-E-R-A-L-A-C. And I know your dad, Dr. Rogers, carries that brand because of my recommendations. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and if you turn that bottle around, even though it might not look as strong as some of the other ones out there, it doesn't have 50 billion cells. Oh, I'm not getting as much it guarantees the potency of this bacteria through an expiration date. But here's the key. These scientists, they went to Harvard University. <laughs> they spent a lot of time figuring out how to take this live bacteria and get it not only after the manufacturing process, but get it through the stomach so the stomach acid can't kill it. And this was pretty unique. They used a form of sea algae. <laughs> they put the different sources. It has seven verifiable forms of the bacteria I was talking about, Acidophilus bifidus. These are verifi verifiable forms that do good. And they put it in this capsule with this algae. And when the night, the unique thing about it is, is when it hits the stomach and it starts the digestion process, when the stomach acid starts to break it down, it turns the algae into a gel and the gel coats the bacteria and protects it from the stomach acid. And then it goes through the pyloric valve in the stomach and goes into the small intestine and the large intestine. And once it gets into the small intestine, the gel reverts back to an algae and it feeds the good bacteria. So it becomes a prebiotic. So you're not only taking a probiotic, but you're taking a probiotic that has prebiotics in it that will feed the good bacteria and help reestablish this in your body. That's fascinating. And we've always said you, you need both. You need the prebiotic as well as a probiotic. Absolutely. And, and I'll tell you that Theralac is so, so um, strong and so effective. People will oftentimes, I remember when I first started dealing with it, they said, well, that's only 30 capsules and it's, it's like 50 bucks or 60. That's expensive. And they go, the 50 billion one over here is, you know, half that price. And you're not, I say, well, guess what? You're not going to get any benefit out of that. 
Right. And here's the thing. I said, that little 30 bottle capsule that we're talking about is going to last you 10 weeks. And they go, how can that be? It's only 30 capsules. And I'd say, because this is so potent and so effective, you take basically one capsule a day for two weeks. And then after that, you only take two capsules per week. Is there a time you like to take those uh, after, like after the, the first two weeks? After you know, I would say take it either with your food in the middle of it or away from food again, so that it's, there's not a lot of competition going on Okay. with trying to, but because I know this product so well, I know that it's going to be protected and get in there and also help digest your food. Really interesting. That so, is really interesting. So there, there's, there's a, the so that, sixth pillar. That's the six the, pillars. So that that's the, the the six you recommend. And you know, real quickly, because I also want to get to um, a couple questions that Dr. Rogers had for you, um, as I he always does whenever you would come to the office. Um, how do people add to their vitamin regimen post at post starting these six? So like, okay. what's what's kind of the strategy there? Okay. Well, again, I've worked with people over the years, many years. And they'd come in with different ailments. And of course, after talking with them, they'd have arthritis, they'd have candida, they'd have this going. And I could recommend all different types of supplements to take right. care of these things. But next thing you know, they're taking 50 supplements. Right. And it would overwhelm them. And they would, after a week, they would say, I can't do this. And they would quit. Right. And then we're back to where we started. So again, start with these core supplements these six things and you take them every day and that's your foundation now if you have arthritis you're going to add something into your regimen that works for arthritis you don't change the foundation you don't quit taking the foundation you just add this to it this is like okay i've built the bat uh the foundation now i'm going to build the bathroom got it adding, one, adding so, one room at a time adding one room at a time and you go on and you do it. And oftentimes I would tell people, look, I don't want you, I could give you, I could, you could walk out of here with a grocery bag that they have supplements and you know, it would look great on the sales in the register, but you know what? I haven't accomplished what I really want to do. What I want to do is make you healthy. Right. And the only way you can do that is if you actually take what's recommended for you. So rather than overwhelm you and have you throw your hands up in frustration and quit after a week, this is your foundation. We're going to build one room at a time. Okay, we're going to work on arthritis, and we're going to do that for the next two to six weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks. And when we see some improvement there, okay, now we'll go to the other problem you have, and we'll start adding something for that. Got it. Got it. So you add it a little at a time. You don't go in there and just say, here, take everything. Yeah, one thing Dr. Rogers says a lot is, you know, you really never want to start two medicines or two supplements at once. And, you know, so adding one at a time is a great strategy just to see well, how you respond to it. Yeah. And, and again, you're not sure which one's doing the job if right. you add multiple things. Yeah. So, again, if you're taking the core foundation, though, and you see your health improve and things like that, and you, you're not getting sick as often and things, you know that that core foundation is doing what it's supposed to do. It's providing your body with nutrients and the ability to increase the immune system to fight things off. If you develop a prostate problem, that's completely different. And we're going to add something 
to specifically target the, the inflamed prostate. Yep. If you've got arthritis, we're going to add something to specifically target the inflammation of arthritis and help rebuild or regenerate cartilage around the joint. So that's where you go with these things. Are you recommending you, I'm, I'm kind of hearing a two to seven week window. So you, you have your core six, you add one at a time um, and stay on that one for, you know, two to seven weeks to, to add that in and then add another after that, if you want to. Yes, because you want to, you want to see if you're getting any benefit. And again, there are a lot of different products as we've discussed out here. So maybe that form of the product is not the one for you. Maybe there's one that's yep. better, but you won't know that unless you give your body time to adjust to it. And it usually in, within eight weeks, you're going to see benefit or no benefit. Got it. Got it. And so therefore, you know, that's the way you go rather than, okay, I'm just going to start taking handfuls yep. Yep. and I'm not sure what's working, what's not working. That's awesome. That's great advice. Um, okay, so we got uh, a couple questions from Dr. Rogers that I, I want to make sure I get in here. Um, as you know, you know, he, he's big into immune system right now, keeping people healthy, especially during sure. uh, during COVID, COVID here. Um, one of the one of the recommendations he's been making is quercetin, and uh, the vitamin C with Life Extension has quercetin in it, and uh, and the way he is talking about it is that quercetin is more bioavailable in that vitamin C. So the question is, is that enough quercetin? Um, Cause he's also recommending, you know, 500 to a thousand milligrams of quercetin on top of the vitamin C with quercetin. Uh, I hope I'm not confusing uh, the people listening here, but um, so the question is how much quercetin do you think people need? And is it enough in the vitamin C? I take additional quercetin every day, um, a 250 to 500 milligrams. And again, there's different qualities. So I take a bioavailable quercetin from Life Extension. <coughs> Excuse me. The quercetin in the vitamin C that you're referring to from Life Extension is called dehydroquercetin. Okay. And it's a different form. And the reason it's in that vitamin C is it makes the vitamin C more effective and last longer. In, right. the, in the bloodstream. In the bloodstream. Vitamin C is a water-soluble vitamin, as is 90% of our vitamins. So therefore, being water-soluble, your body is going to break it down. It's going to use what it can, and you're going to throw off excess through the urine, through perspiration, whatever. <clears throat> and vitamin C is an antioxidant. So referring for those people is there's something called free radicals, which do damage to our body and slow down the, you know, actually increase the aging process. And these little free radicals I refer to are almost like little Pac-Men running around in your body, gobbling up good cells. Vitamin C is one of those few ingredients that goes in there and stops that or inhibits them. But the problem with vitamin C is because it's water soluble, it only lasts so long, so you have to take it constantly throughout the day if you want to get the full effect. Well, that was before Life Extension came up with a dehydroquercetin vitamin C combination. Uh, I refer to this as, okay, when you take normal vitamin C, you've got a six-shooter. And after your six bullets are up, you got to reload. Got it. 
Yep. Okay. Vitamin C with the hydrocortisone is like a 30 round clip. Okay. It actually, it actually goes in and once the vitamin C has worked, it recycles it and makes it go back and continue to keep working. And it does this four or five times rather than throwing off that excess out of the body. It goes back and recirculates it and makes it work, continue to work. So I can remember when I first started working with people in the 90s, uh, I would have them taking eight and 10,000 milligrams of vitamin C per day. And they'd come back after a few weeks and go, wow, my allergies have gotten better. I'm not having reactions. I'm not doing this. And I would add quercetin to it and bromelain, uh, which is a digestive enzyme. But if you take it away from food, it acts as an anti-inflammatory. So I would combine these three things and all of a sudden, boom, they weren't having allergy problems when the, especially during when spring came and pollen. Yeah. But again, it was high doses of C because I had to constantly keep adding it. I, and I couldn't say here, take eight, 10,000 milligrams at once. I would start them out at a thousand milligrams and for a week, and then I'd go up to 2000 milligrams and then I'd go up to 3000 milligrams. And I would slowly keep increasing these dose, these, amounts until they would work up to this high amount of vitamin C. If you try to do it right off the bat and stick it in there, their body, they're probably going to end up with a loose stool. Uh, so, so they're how, not going to benefit increase? at all. So do you, you start off with 1,000, 1,000 milligrams? With, with, yeah. And with the, with the vitamin C from life extension, usually one to 2,000 milligrams a day is going to be sufficient with the dehydrocortisone in there. Now, but you're also saying you take quercetin on top of that. I do because it's again, it's it's one of those key bioflavonoids uh, without trying to use crazy words here that that actually help the absorption and stuff of other products, other vitamins. Yep. And um, so, not only is it good for your health, but it's also going to help increase absorption and things like that, um, so that you're getting the full benefit of your nutrients and not wasting money. But quercetin is a very, very key. It, it has so many different things that it helps and is responsible for. All right. Thank you for that, Jeff. And the, the, the next one here is, you know, going back to one of your core six, um, he mentioned, he asked how much turmeric do you recommend for arthritis pain? You know, turmeric being, uh, uh, CoQ10 essentially. His his language was turmeric though. Um, I don't know. Curcumin. That's a, okay. Okay. Turmeric is curcumin, or, or vice versa. Curcumin comes from turmeric. Got it. And again, this is depending upon each individual and their levels. What stage of arthritis are they in? Got it. Okay. Um, and inflammation is different in all of us, so. The nice thing about what I saw studies of the BCM95 form of curcumin, there was no limit that people had to worry about any ill side effects. Some people say, oh, well, these, if you take this much, you might have to worry about kidney. I've seen doses of, I've actually seen doctors working with doses of the BCM95 as high as 12,000 milligrams a day. Well, it's a 400 milligram capsule. Now they didn't take 12,000 all at once, but they throughout the day, they would have people and build up to this because again, we're talking about inflammation. So what might work for me, a 
taking two 400 milligram capsules, you might end up taking two twice a day right? to get to basically calm that inflammation, that pain and other things down. So we're all different and you're going to have to, again, this is one of those things where you start and you keep increasing till you get an effect you want. Do you have to worry about taking too much of it? Not from what I've seen. Because I, like I said, I've actually seen some of the physicians I've worked with that got as high as 12,000 milligrams and then got results that they were looking for. The last question he had um, kind of goes back to, uh, I think most, most doctors, the reason people come in to see them most of the time is they're either tired or they're hurting. Um, we've kind of re- referenced that a little bit with the arthritis pain. Um, but he said, you know, most or lots of the patients that come in to see him, they're tired and they're hurting. Uh, what are the best vitamins that you recommend for, for those two things? And that's probably okay. a very general question. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you, your, your dad is, is pretty much right on it because I would say that 90% of the people that used to come into my practice or my health food store, it was one or two problems they're tired, which means they're not sleeping. Yep. And, you know, they're in pain. So energy and inflammation, those are things. I think the core regimen, if you get somebody, if they're not taking vitamins and things, get them on this. And within six to eight weeks, they should see some difference and improvement uh, and difference as far as overall energy throughout the day. The other thing is, is if you're not sleeping sound and good, it doesn't matter. You, you can't take enough vitamins to offset those kind of things. So that's where melatonin comes into effect. Our sleep-wake cycles, they're referred to as circadian rhythms. And those can get out of whack for various reasons, especially where you guys are. You've got manufacturing facilities. People work shift work. Yep. Oh, yeah. So they're working four to midnight or midnight to seven. And most people are, this is when they're sleeping. So their bodies get out of sync. And that circadian rhythm, which is of what I'm referring to, it's actually, if you break it down into layman's terms, it's a sleep-wake cycle. Okay? So your sleep-wake cycles get out of rhythm. And melatonin is something that can actually go back in and help reset those sleep-wake cycles. Hmm so that your body will work. It's also a wonderful antioxidant. Yep. It's also very good for helping testosterone, which your dad works with people quite a lot, which also works with their energy levels. So I would say that one of the key things is, how are you sleeping? Are you getting at least seven hours of sleep? Um, Is it light sleep, deep sleep, REM sleep? Um, And look at those things and then, okay, maybe we need to put you on a melatonin regimen. And when I talk about sleep, again, we break that down into two areas. When people say they're having problems sleeping, it's one of two things. You're having problem falling asleep or you're having problems staying asleep. So which of those is it? And based on the answers that they provide you are going to dictate what you recommend for them and different strengths. So 
people that have trouble falling asleep, I would recommend the liquid melatonin because put it right under the tongue, it gets into the bloodstream immediately, and within 30 minutes, you're ready for some sleep. Any uh, uh, milligram you recommend to start off with? Uh, anywhere, again, melatonin is not harmful. The only side effects, when I and I say side effects, the only negative side effects I've ever seen with melatonin are some people have what's called vivid dreams, almost like a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And that tells me they're taking too much melatonin, too high a dose. Or when they wake up, they can't get going in the morning. So they have what I refer to as the melatonin hangover. Yep. <laughs> okay. And again, it's not harmful. It's just hard to do. So I would always start with micrograms, which is 1,000 micrograms makes one milligram. Okay. So the liquid, you can actually adjust to those micrograms under the tongue and see if that works as far as getting you to sleep, but you're still waking up during the night, then we need to add maybe a time release melatonin Mm. that in addition to doing the liquid, you take the time release. Okay. The the liquid got me to sleep. Now while I'm sleeping, my body's working and it's dissolving the melatonin and it's slowly releasing and it's going to keep me asleep. Um, My wife has problems with sleeping. I used to get her a time release, one and a half milligrams, and this has worked for many years. She would do the liquid and do the, I've now got her taking 10 milligrams of melatonin. Mm. All, all uh, liquid? A, a capsule, no, she do it. She'll do the liquid to, to get sleep, but then takes a 10 milligram capsule. And that basically is strong enough to kind of keep her throughout the night sleeping. And she doesn't wake up with any. So again, everybody, there's no one set recommendation says, okay, here, take this. This works for everybody. We're all different. I I love what you said. I I hadn't thought about the tired thing. I was thinking lack of energy. And what I'm hearing from you is it's really, you're not sleeping well. Is that kind of, because I've also heard of CoQ10 for energy, you know, post-launch, are there are they different to you um, in terms of energy and, now, and not sleeping and well? Again, it, it, energy to me, I look at energy to do something, stamina, endurance. Okay, are you do you not have the stamina endurance you once had? Yeah. Yeah. Then supplements will help do those kind of things. But if you're not sleeping well, you're not going to have a lot of energy because that's when we recharge our cells in our body. That's when we repair damage in our body. To the cells and that's that's the key thing is getting that good seven hours of sleep that they've shown that it takes at least seven hours so that your body can recharge okay now so basically you're saying let's address the tired part first and then possibly the pain and with pain uh, you you kind of got into it with with turmeric and curcumin uh, anything else uh, that you would recommend for pain uh, CBD oil has become very, very prominent out there. And again, I'm, just like we were talking about different turmerics and curcumins, there's hundreds of them, if not thousands. And again, it, you want to find a quality one that has research to back up that the curcuminoids in it are what they say they are. And, and again, when you find, you're, you're probably going to pay more for it, but 
you're also going to get results, whereas you wouldn't get it for the cheaper who knows what brand. Because, you know, I, I refer, this almost goes back to something that I'm a big proponent of is ginseng. Mm, yeah. I have, I've been a proponent of ginseng my whole life. I mean, back from high school. And here's the thing. Unfortunately, we don't have standards. So I could go out there and dig up American ginseng, Korean ginseng, it doesn't matter. And then guarantee you it's 100% ginseng. You go, okay, and take it, and what happens? Nothing. Okay. Ginseng has been touted for four or 5,000 years through the Chinese cultures and things like this. Uh, this goes back to the guy I told you that I intimidated because I would ask him questions <laughs> about his ginseng. Um, here's the thing about ginseng. Those active constituents that do all the good things that we've read about throughout history, they're called ginsenicides. And there are two key ginsenicides. One is RB1 and one is RG1. Well, guess what? The plant doesn't start producing those ginsenicides until it's five years old. <laughs> so here's where I can go, okay, I've got a two-year-old ginseng plant here and I'm selling you ginseng and it's 100% ginseng, I can guarantee it. But is it going to do you any good? No, because it doesn't have the ginsenicides in it. It can't because it doesn't start producing those till it's four or five years old. And so when I used to go and actually work and go, I, this was before, I mean, I was literally going into a health food store and training people in the health food store. Uh, I was in high school and I'd say, uh, I'd look at their ginsengs and, hmm, and none of them, would state on the back of the bottle that it contained the RG1 and the RB1 ginsenicides. Statement of certificate of quality is what I used to refer to it. And I'd say, can you order this brand of ginseng? And they'd go, why? I've got all these ginsengs over here. And I'd have to go through this whole dissertation and education on what we just talked about and saying, I'm sorry, but none of yours guarantees that it has the RG1 and the RB1, and I know this one does. It says it on the bottle. <laughs> but I don't deal with that company. I Well, I, it's okay. Well, they have a minimum. I don't care. I'll You buy whatever the minimum is, and you tell me when it comes in, and I'll take every all of it. I'll buy it all from you. Just so I don't have to keep coming and going through this. So there is something, unfortunately, it is misled a thousand million times over you can walk into any gas station or anywhere and oh yeah ginseng i got ginseng here oh it's great for energy <laughs> and it's it's probably spiked with one of the the see one of the the rg1 ginseng was good for energy the rb1 is is good for cal, cool calming effect ginseng is one of the only Think about all the millions of herbs and thousands of herbs around the world. There are only 12 out of all these species of plants that are classified. Uh, gosh, the term left me, unfortunately. 
Uh, can't think of it right off the top of my head. But it basically does what the body needs. Mm. By having the hot energy-giving ginseng aside and the cool, calming ginseng aside, people say, oh, I took ginseng one. It made me nervous. I said, well, then you didn't take a quality ginseng because quality ginsengs won't do that. That's because it's got the hot energy. It's got the cool calming. It's going to do what the body needs. Uh, I've actually seen it even normalize blood pressure in people if it's the quality ginseng that has both of those ginsenicides in it. If it's only got one in it, it can only do one thing. That's so, interesting. Unfortunately. I, 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 didn't know, I, I didn't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could think of the term. It, it, it's, is it like homeostasis? It, uh, is it, it is like homeostasis, but there, there are only 12 herbs or plants in the entire species in the world, all around the world, that classify as this because they can do what the body needs. They they can basically make the body adapt. Adaptogen. Adaptogen. That's it. Okay. That's the word. Okay. It's it, they're only when you think about all the thousands and thousands of plants and herbs around the world, only twelve out of the entire world are classified adaptogenic. They adapt to what the body needs and they can do. And ginseng is one of those. And it seems like there'd be no harm in taking all, you know, as many as you could because it's just going to do what your body's needing. Well, yeah. And another one, another one of those rare adaptogenic herbs is ashwagandha. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, so would you recommend ginseng and ashwagandha for pain? Um, I would recommend ginseng for overall homeostasis and energy of the body, stamina, endurance, those kind of things. Okay. And, I, you know, ashwagandha will help the body's response to pain. Okay. Okay. And how you feel. So, uh, but I could tell when I used to quit taking ginseng and I always usually get breaks because taking things like that, you don't want to take it every day forever. So I would do, I would do what's called pulsing. Yep. I would take it for maybe a month or two months and then I'd take a week or two weeks off. Yeah. And then start it back up. And I would see that when I, quit taking it that a week or so into it, I would see my stamina, my endurance wasn't quite as good as it was before. And this is, this goes back to when you were talking about immune system for years, people have talked about echinacea yeah, and golden. Well, echinacea is a great herb that does boost immune system. But if you have autoimmune type problems, which many people today do, that's not the kind of herb you want to take for your immune system because it can actually stimulate or trigger that autoimmune problem. But if you are one of those people that don't have those problems, people say, oh, I take echinacea all the time. I don't get cold. I don't get flu. And I'd say, well, I hope you pulse it because for it to be totally effective, you want to take echinacea for, say, 10 days, two weeks, and take three days off and then start it back up. And the same with golden seal root and things like that. So since we're going to maybe finish up with the immune system, one of the, one of the key things I've found over the years, especially working with people that have autoimmune problems that is safe is a beta one, three, one, six glucan. I, I have and, no idea what that is. Well, it's a, it's a bacteria. It used to actually come from mushrooms. Okay. 
it, it came from a maitake defraction mushroom, but they have since scientists scientists now have learned how to basically create this from a yeast bacteria in a lab and create these constituents called beta-1316 glucans. And whereas echinacea is a immune enhancer, it is a specific type of immune. It only works on one certain type of things in the immune system. Beta-1316 glucans are non-specific immune enhancers. They don't work on one thing. They boost the entire immune system, and they do it without causing problems to people with autoimmune. Interesting. Okay, so that's something that people should be taking or think about taking with, uh, if, with C or something like that. If I feel like, again, I told you I haven't had a flu in over 20 years, but if I feel like something's coming on to me, and I know my body well enough that I can tell immediately, hmm, so I will immediately start popping the beta-1316 glucan. Uh, Life Extension has a product called Immune Protect. Yep. Hence the name. I will take two of those every four hours for 24 to 48 hours, and it's gone. I don't ever get sick. Would you Would you combine that with the 50,000 of D? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, if you need to. If you, I mean, again, they, they're completely different, but I know that the, the beta-1316 glucans are going there to go in and basically take your immune system and kick it in the ass, excuse my friend, <laughs> <laughs> and, and jumpstart it and go, wham, there, you, there we go. So I keep three or four bottles of Immune Protect in my pantry all the time. If something happens, like I said, if I feel something coming on, two capsules every four hours for 24 to 48 hours. Well, man, that... After that, gone. That is a wonderful way to end this episode. Like that, that's that's a strong ender there, guys. I, I hope you take, uh, I hope you've taken notes. Um, I know I did. Uh, lots of language in there that I didn't know before entering this conversation that now I do know. And and Jeff Thomas, man, I just really appreciate your time today. And thank you for for educating us not only during this podcast but also uh, educating us at Performance Medicine for so many years. And and, and being such an advocate for, for health and wellness. You've been uh, a big part of our journey, so I, I really appreciate that. Well, thank you. It's, uh, it's been my passion. You know, people and that's often evident. say, I mean, <clears throat> I used to get up every day and look forward to what I was doing. I never looked at it as a job. <laughs> well, man. Well, and I miss it. I miss, and the most thing I miss is you guys, the relationships. Well, I, I'm I'm hoping that maybe I can get you on the podcast again, and we can we can do a, a deep dive on the one of the many things that we've talked about today, because I know it's going to help uh, a lot of people out there, especially as they start this vitamins and supplement journey. Uh, can I get you on the podcast another time at some point? Anytime, anytime. And you know, even though I am retired, I still have people like yourself. I have some doctors that call me, consult all the time. I said, anytime you want, you call me up. I have some key accounts that used to be mine that they do some special events once or twice a year. And they say, look, we'll pay for your hotel room. We'll do this. You come in and you help us and work. We'll take care of everything. And I go, yeah, I look forward to it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Jeff, man, I appreciate you. It's so good seeing you. Uh, Great to connect again. And we'll get you back on the podcast sooner rather than later. All right, and give your dad a hug for for me. You got it. You got it. Guys, this has been Outside the Box. We appreciate y'all hanging out with us today. Um, As always, we'll see you guys next time. Jeff, thanks, man. Take care, Ben. Don't go away.
Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, Please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, We will see you guys next time.